Guys, welcome to another awesome episode of Triggered, and today is an extra special one. We have award-winning country music legend Lee Greenwood. All of you, of course, know Lee's hit song, God Bless the USA, which you may all know as Proud to be an American. It's the song you hear at every Trump rally. It's probably, basically, uh, the MAGA anthem uh, at this point. Uh, here's just one of the many examples uh, of the song in action. Check it out. Over his career, Lee recorded hit after hit. He's been at the top of the country charts. He's been at the top of the Billboard charts. He's even been a Grammy Award winner. Lee is also a huge supporter of our troops. He's done 16, 16 USO tours in places like Afghanistan, Iraq, the Philippines, Panama, and many, many more. He's one of America's first voices, uh, literally. Uh, he's just known as that. He's done an incredible job, and he's soon releasing a Veterans Day tribute film called An All-Star Salute to Lee Greenwood. Lee's going to join us in just a couple seconds, so make sure you're checking it out. Make sure you like, you share, you subscribe so other people can see this story, and we can keep getting the message out, guys. Like any other week, uh, it's another week where we see censorship, we see the bias, and we need to make sure that other people have the ability to see through the noise. And it's all of you guys who make that possible, along with our incredible sponsors who I also want you to check out. So make sure you're looking at the folks over at GoldCo. Interest rates are rising, guys. Of course, we're still seeing record inflation. Strategic oil reserves are diminished. Gas prices are going through the roof. We're going to see another spike because of what's going on in the Middle East right now. Reckless spending, global turmoil. Biden caused disasters day in and day out. And it's only leading to more economic anxiety. I want you to be prepared. And owning tangible, physical, inflation hedging gold and silver can help secure and stabilize your portfolio and your retirement. And GoldCo has top-notch customer service. They'll answer your questions. They'll walk you through the whole process. And half of this game, guys, is about learning. So go to donjuniorgold.com. That's D-O-N-J-R-Gold.com. And learn how to protect yourself, your family, from the insanity that you're seeing every day. Again, use it as an educational process. Let them talk to you and talk you through the process. We want you to learn and decide what's right for you. That's D-O-N-J-R-Gold.com. And don't forget about Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Support the companies who support you guys. This is a no-brainer. You've seen, you know, in the wake of the Hamas attacks, corporate America you know, taking some truly asinine positions. And the only position I care about is America first. And since you're going to have a cell phone in your pocket, almost without question, 
Do it with Patriot Mobile, where you're putting America first with every call while getting the same nationwide coverage as the other major carriers. Patriot Mobile provides you dependable wireless service at an affordable price, putting your dollars into action and supporting freedom-loving values that you believe in. Patriot Mobile literally donates a portion of every dollar to support groups that fight for the First Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, the sanctity of life, protecting our brave police and first responders, and even getting involved in some of the school board battles that we see around this country to make sure that our children aren't being indoctrinated. Guys, vote with your wallet. It's fast, it's simple, and for free activation, go to patriotmobile.com triggered, like the show. Just patriotmobile.com triggered, get free activation, and you can vote with your wallet by choosing to give back to the causes that you believe in, or you can keep giving it to the woke carriers, you know, don't even have to name names that tried canceling like conservative programming on cable television and all of these sorts of things. So that's a big deal. That's the battle we got to play every day. Every day we see more and more reasons why we need to support the Patriot economy. Do that with your phone by going to patriotmobile.com triggered. And with that, guys, joining me now, country music all-star, American Patriot legend, Lee Greenwood. Lee Greenwood, how's it going, Lee? Great, thank you, Don. Uh, great to talk to you and uh, great to be on your show. Oh, likewise. So, so many Americans, Lee, you know, they hear your song, God Bless the USA, but it's become really a rally cry for patriotism in this country, right? We hear it at all my father's rallies. We hear it uh, anywhere where people love America. Take us back to when you first wrote that song and how it's actually really gained in popularities uh, over the years. Yeah, it's been an interesting ride. Um, I have to go back to my childhood when I was drum major from a high school band and uh, we would march in parades and I'd see the military marching alongside of me and it gave me inspiration about patriotism at a very early age. Uh, I started working for the USO when I was like 15 or 16. Uh, all of them, uh, I'm from California, so I worked all the air bases and army bases, marine bases. I even flew to Alaska before it was a state, so you know how old I am. And, wow. uh, and what was that, 1957, I think? Uh, but then I moved to Nevada, and for years I, I played in the casinos in Nevada. We're kind of in a bubble, and I'm the Vietnam era age. I did not serve in the military. My father joined the Navy right after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, so we have military in my family. But when I moved to Tennessee, uh, and I got my country music career, uh, things just sort of changed in my head. I'm like, well, now I have a voice. I have something I can do. And about three and a half years into my career, playing every doghouse, outhouse, and roundhouse around the country, I discovered that this country is much more alike than we are different. And some night uh, in my bus as I'm traveling between Texas and Arkansas, uh, along with a, lo a lot of the other songs I wrote in my first 10 albums, I wrote God Bless USA in the back of my, my motor coach, my bus. And when I played it for my producer, he said, well, this is kind of out of context for what you are known for. And we'd already received quite a few awards for ballads and country music. And when I took it to Universal and had them uh, look at the album, it was 1985 called You've Got a Good Love Coming, which we already had $25,000 in a video we filmed in the London train station. I was adamant about releasing that. And Universal said, no, we're going to go with this other song you wrote about America. And I'm like, Really? Because I was kind of surprised. And you know, Don, after the first four or five shows that we had in my performance, 
it, it was amazing. I could not follow it with anything. So it became the closer. And then I started working for the military here in Tennessee, the National Guard. And we did like 10 or 12 USO tours around the world. Mostly it was the Guard in Tennessee. Sometimes we had the Virginia Guard, I mean, the West Virginia Guard, Minnesota and Alaska fly us on a lot of our missions. And uh, it just became suddenly uh, an anthem for the military. That made me very proud, by the way. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you remember, you know, things started to change in our country about uh, the cancel culture and all that. This was right after the, the, you know, the emergence of a new patriotism. And that was after the terrorist attack. And, uh, and I went to New York three different times to raise America's uh, uh, pride of, about being who we are. Yeah. And that's kind of why I wrote the song, I'm Proud to Be an American, because I am proud of who I am. And I'm, I'm not Italian-American. I, I may have some history of uh, English and, and uh, Irish and Scottish, but, you know, I'm an American first. And so when I wrote that song, it sort of resonated with everybody who is an American of any descent. It's like that's we're American first, you know. Yeah. That's that's let's just it maybe the indigenous people, the Indians have a right to say I'm Indian American, but even they have a pride in saying I'm American first. And I guess that's where USA began to take off and it and it's about ten or fifteen years down. And now here we are, forty years later, and the song still resonates with people, in particular our military. Yeah, do you, do, I mean, do you think that some of that, I mean, obviously, you know, as, as a New Yorker, right, uh, you know, at least formerly New Yorker before I had to get out of the People's Republic of New York, you know, uh, the time post 9-11 uh, was really an interesting time, right? Because you think of New York, everyone's brash, everyone's aggressive, everyone, but like, there was a lot of unity. Uh, you know, people sort of put aside some of their petty differences. Uh, it was actually probably the most amazing time to have lived there. And it was, it lasted. It wasn't like one of those fleeting moments that, you know, people are nice for a few minutes and then they forget. It was, you know, it was probably a couple of years. Uh, do you think the song's popularity has even grown because there, there does perceive to be this sort of, you know, threat to, you know, what patriotic Americans probably think of as America? Do you think, uh, you know, sort of the attacks from the radical left has changed when the song came out? You know, as many years ago as you said, I, I sort of feel like both sides sort of felt the same way about their country. Maybe they disagreed on some nuance, but today that nuance is more extreme. I mean, could could there be something to that or not? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, as you know, I went to New York three different times. We sang at the Firearms Memorial at Yankee Stadium, the Policeman's Memorial at Carnegie Hall, and then I did the fourth game of the World Series, uh, and that was to uplift America. See, what I believe is... One of the things that terrorists really wanted to do was take away our lifestyle. And of course, with the uh, invention of the TSA, of course they did. I mean, it really changed the way we thought about security and how we traveled. But if you look at sports events across the country, thank God we have our sports, because at least there we hear the national anthem every single time. I will give credit to everybody. Now, the NFL stubbed their toe a little bit with yeah. all that. I was going to say, I'm not sure about every time, Lee. I, I think I think they, they all experimented with getting rid of it. Uh, you know, they've added other things. I guess they added, you know, the black national anthem, which I don't think anyone had ever heard of prior to sort of, you know, woke culture taking over. Uh, taking over sports, but but I guess it is a consistent theme because it's what the people actually want. And you'd be amazed if you take away the rhetoric of the left, which is basically a minority voice. This country is all a positive uh, about our country, about the uh, origin of our country. And I told somebody the other day, we're talking about the attack on Israel 
and I and I posted a thing and I said, America fought for our independence and we won. It was bloody. Even the Civil War was a conflict. We tried to find out who we were. We are a unified nation, even though we're very different. But Israel is fighting for its life and its right to exist. Um, and with our recent carrier group in sending over as support, and I, I sure hope we don't get involved in this. But I tell you, if we do, I have to pray for our soldiers and our airmen, our Navy and our Marines and Coast Guard. And, you know, it's going to be a tough thing to get involved in this. I just am so I, I can't tell you how it hurts my heart when I hear about uh, Hamas uh, uh, cutting the heads off babies and, and burning people alive and, and raping yeah. pe uh, women out until they die. I'm like, you are got to be kidding me. I, I've got to give Israel a thumbs up, go get them and, and take them out. I mean, that's the right thing to do. Yeah, and, and listen, I think I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying there. I, you know, I'm, I'm not for sending American troops on the ground. I think Israel's, a, you know, they're its own nation. They're big boys. They got incredible defense forces. You know, you know, they can take care of the problem. The last thing I want to do is get into another war. And I think you saying that probably jibes with every, I mean, you're one of the guys that has probably done more with the USO and our veterans and everything than anyone. And I imagine they feel the same way after 20 years in Afghanistan to pull out, uh, you know, the way we did, uh, it, it's just disgraceful. So, you know, I, I'm okay with them defending themselves, certainly against a murderous regime, those raping and killing children uh, in the streets, you know, and then hides behind uh, women and children or has been launching missiles from schools and hospitals for years. And then they say, oh, it's it's outrageous that Israel would strike a hospital. It's like, no, 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 they're not striking a hospital. They're striking a missile launch site. Uh, there's a difference. So, you know, to think of a, you know, a Hamas leadership literally hiding behind women and children so that they can create the moral outrage when Israel strikes back and defends itself is uh, it's truly sick and evil, but, you know, that's the nature of the world right now. Well, let me just turn to the topic which most interests me, and that is uh, taking care of our soldiers. I, as I said, my father was Navy. My wife, uh, Kim's father, was uh, Army, and, uh, and I never served in the military. So it is my mission uh, really to focus on the needs of our military, particularly at a time in stress like this when they're, uh, they're asked to go into harm's way. Um, with, you know, the recent, there've been a lot of shows recently that have been filmed live and then aired in motion picture theaters to name a couple, Beyonce and Taylor Swift, both have done that. And this coming month, they have both of them in motion picture theaters. We have done the same, but more of a slant towards, uh, country music and toward our veterans. We filmed a wonderful show in Huntsville, Alabama with 40 wonderful singers. And this is aimed at lifting up veterans on veterans day. Uh, and just be specific, it's called Adopt-A-Vet. If, if your listeners will go to adoptavet.com, for $50, you can send a veteran and their caregiver to see this, this wonderful film in motion pictures all across America. Uh, even corporations, if you'll buy out a theater and send vets for free, that would be my aim, is to make sure veterans are honored on Veterans Day this year. It's November 12, Adopt-A-Vet in all theaters across America. So who, who else partook in that with you? Because I, I know this is something that you've, You've been doing for a long time, right? It's not like it's the trend. I, I, you've done 16 USO missions, if I if I read that correctly, right? Yeah, and it was always my privilege to do that. Uh, I, I've been in four fighter jets for the Air Force. Uh, a cat shot off the Kitty Hawk. I shot an M1 tank in Barstow. I've been mixing it up with the military for a long time, and it's always a privilege to go on these USO tours around the world. As a matter of fact, a lot of people don't know, I was on Bob Hope's last tour around the world 
that was eight stops in eight days, eight shows, 25,000 wow. miles with two C-141s and Hawaii Orchestra, Connie Stevens, and uh, I, yeah, I can't remember who all was on there, but it was I was a straight man for Bob Hope. That was pretty interesting for a singer. Yeah, <laughs> I want, I want, what's the best Bob Hope story? Because I imagine he was, uh, you know, he was one of, the, let's call it the original wild men. You know, when I first joined that tour, I was pretty hot. I was in Nashville. We, we just had come out in 88, uh, and, uh, and I'd been touring, and, and we were in the news all the time. I got the call to go to the tour. I had to leave Nashville to get in Los Angeles and join the, the troupe. And then we went to Hawaii, picked up the orchestra. Our first show was in the Philippines with 10,000 airmen in the stadium there at Clark Air Force Base. And so they played the music. That's his monologue. And, the, and they, they just love him. And, and so the years of Vietnam, you know, there was nobody else that really could bring all of the Hollywood stars and, and athletes to the to the soldiers like they did. So it was kind of cool being there. So I'm waiting in the wings. He finished modeling and introduces me. And when he does, they start my anthem. Uh, the band starts playing the full orchestra. It's pretty cool. And the crowd, the men all just jumped up and started applauding. He walked past me and he said, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. He doesn't he seem no like idea. the kind of guy that has minced words. Uh, you know, I know my father has some pretty interesting stories with Bob Hope as well. So uh, that, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it, it, I'm sure that felt great going on stage and just being crushed right off the bat. Right. Yeah. Well, they you know, I, I have just so enjoyed meeting the uh, soldiers. I've only come under fire one particular time because they keep me away from the front lines. And that was in Panama. And uh, we had, um, I was in a Jeep with a soldier with a letter for 200 Marines in the jungle. And uh, my band had got in a Chinook and went to the first location. We did four shows across Panama for uh, George Bush 41. And uh, so I, I've got this letter and we're in a Jeep with a lieutenant and we come under fire in the jungle. It shot my it shot my driver's finger off, really? uh, index finger, and I tourniquet on it and the bullets are whizzing through us. We, dr we out drove them. Uh, and then we got in the compound where the Marines were and they went out and, and took them out. There was like 10 guys that just kind of rogue around looking for something to shoot at. And, and uh, I saw the him in the hospital uh, before he was discharged. So fast forward about 30 years and I'm in Ohio doing a show. And uh, my tech comes to me, Mike Thamer from Cincinnati, says, there's a guy in the audience who says he was your driver in Panama and he wants to come back and see you. I said, does he miss a finger? <laughs> he said yes. So he had joined the CIA and and terrific. He had a great family, and we come back and we visited about those moments. It is interesting, you know, to be in an area where our troops really are under fire, under combat. Yeah. I can't imagine, you know, when I'm in that situation, I really give me a gun. You know, let, let me be part of part of part of the force. I don't want to just stand back and watch this happen, but of course, I'm not trained to do that. And I, yeah. you know, I, I have some great respect and admiration for those who are. Well, you're, you're also not like Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, telling a story that never actually happened. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have come out a long time ago, right? When they're under fire and their gunship was taking fire, they're like, you're in a different country. We don't even know what you're talking about, but it doesn't matter. It sounds good on the campaign trail, huh? I hate that. I just hate that. So, yeah, you're someone who's been honestly very open, uh, unapologetic about your patriotism, but that's really in, in sharp contrast to so many of the others in the entertainment industry today, uh, where, you know, they shy away from that. You saw a couple of the big celebrities put up stuff, you know, just they're stand by Israel. And then, you know, the, the Hamas caucus goes after them and they have to take it down. You know, uh, why is that? When did it stop being cool, you know, to love America and show business? Because it seems like there, there's a lot of pressure to, to be, it's a lot easier to be anti than it is to be pro 
Uh, and I just don't think that jives with the American populace, but that doesn't matter today. Well, maybe that's just who I am. I'm, and, and I know when we sang for President Trump, your dad, um, at the inauguration there at Lincoln Memorial, there were a couple of uh, entertainers who got um, scared off, you know. But, I, you know, you, there's an old adage that says, if, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Yeah. And uh, and I have to stand for who I am and what I believe in. I believe in uh, your dad. I believe in Donald Trump being president again, and I want it to happen. Uh, and I'm there for him and it, nobody's going to scare me off that you know when we were gone we actually had the sheriff watching my house here in tennessee just in case there was some retribution and actually they did, they did throw some of my iron chairs in my pool in the back but that's whatever you know i could care less it's just uh you have to do what you believe in and i believe in america i believe in freedom i believe in what america has done over the past this past year we visited normandy and if you if any american has not seen normandy you need to go there and know how much blood we we left yeah. on those shores for the freedom of another country so i'm like hey you know i believe in what america stands for you're not going to share me off that yeah that was actually one of the uh i went with my father for the i guess it was the 75th anniversary of the you know of d-day uh and went to normandy with him i mean you know flew in on uh, you know, Air Force One and then ultimately Marine One and you see those beaches from the air. And I mean, uh, what an I mean, incredible experience. Uh, you're right. And any American who can who can get over there, you, you have to see it. It, uh, it truly, truly amazing. And it, it, it's sad to see the difference. It's sad, sad to see some of those, you know, veterans now, uh, you know, being targeted by the radical left. And you know, it, it's it's just crazy. Uh, you know, what's going on right now. I, you know, I've noticed that also. I mean, talk about, you know, you're in Nashville and country music. The, the performers are, for the, for the most part, really conservative. Uh, and yet it feels like there's a lot of pressure from the record labels uh, to go a different way. I know a couple of guys, I, I won't name names because I'm friendly with so many people in the industry there, especially country music. Because again, you know, they're probably 90, 95% MAGA, but th there are a lot of them, frankly, that in 16... Uh, you know, hey, man, can you do something about this and, you know, come out and say, I can't do that. I, that my record label would lose me. Some of those guys are very vocal now. I, I think they found sort of, you know, they found a sweet spot, but they wouldn't have touched it uh, even in 16. And now they've probably made pretty good business on it. Uh, why is that? Uh, is that bad for business being pro-conservative in country music even still today? No, I, I don't think so. It is it is in other genres but not necessarily in country music. I mean, the patriots in country and those who surround the fringes of country, uh, for instance, two of my very close friends is Tony Orlando and Gary Sinise, and we talk occasionally about that. With Charlie Daniels gone, one of the most yeah. uh, outspoken patriots, uh, we're all pretty much on the same page. And you may be right that money comes first for the record companies. And, uh, and I think whether it's not necessarily that they don't want them talking about America in a positive tone, they just don't want them talking political at all. And uh, and and Don, you know, I I don't use my stage for a pulpit. I make some some nuances, a so joker here or there. They know what I stand for, uh, but I never get up and start preaching about it. Uh, I think that maybe my silence is uh, is the greatest asset rather mm -hmm. than than telling everybody because we've been on stage so many times with uh, with your dad. You know, and and it's it's a really thrill, by the way, to be able to sing for him. Uh, and we're going to do that again soon, by the way, and uh, and be on the campaign. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, and I just I just hope that this this war, Israel, 
I, I just hope that it ends really soon. We don't get Lebanon and Egypt and Syria involved. And I certainly would uh, would hope that we don't get a conflict with Israel and Iran, even though Iran's the really bad guy here. Uh, but, you know, they got to do what they got to do. And uh, let's just pray, you know, that our, our uh, soldiers and, and airmen and seamen uh, are safe and, and if they get involved. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think we have to do our best to get out of these wars. We don't need another never-ending war. I think Israel can take care of themselves. But it, they are up against a lot of really bad actors in a regime. They're being funded indefinitely. You know, you keep talking, people talking about Hamas. They don't have water. They don't have this. It's like, well, that's what happens when you turn your water pipes into missiles and rockets. And, you know, it, right. it, it, it's not the same. Uh, you know, despite what people would have you believe and it, it. No one's advocating for the murder of women and children, but when the regime that represents those people hides behind them, convinces them not to leave, sets up in those places, it, you know, is someone supposed to sit idly by as rockets get launched into their city and not do anything about it? I mean, you know, it, it's a little bit crazy, but it, it was shocking over the last, you know, week and change uh, you know, to see just how anti-Israel so many people are. You know, the the tolerant left that tells you we got to be tolerant of the LGBTQIA+++++, you know, every crazy machination of trans. You know, they don't really seem to like the Jews very much. And I'm like, wait a second, what is going on here? Uh, you know, you, you understand that anti-Semitism is a thing, but I don't think anyone realized just how bad it is and just how rampant it is. Yeah, I, I really hate that. I, I, I am, uh, I'm always for the underdog. I like people to have a voice. I think that's what America is, our democracy. It's like give everybody a voice. Unfortunately, the left seems to have a media voice uh, that is overwhelming. And uh, you talk about it enough, you almost make people believe a lie. And they, and they do that a lot. Uh, fake news, of course, your dad is the first to mention that. And uh, he's right. I mean, there's so much fake news out there. If you say it enough, people go, well, yeah, maybe that's true, you know? Yeah. Uh, and people still talk in the older generation about what's on the news. Well, the news is not necessarily what you need to watch. You need, you need to watch the, what's not in the news and, and, uh, and find the real answers and the truth. Um, so, I, you know, we try to do that all the time as well. I do have a I do have a great time by the way touring the United States because I have an interesting perspective as we go coast to coast and find audience and now okay a lot of my audience are kind of biased you know uh, I have ABC Supply presents Lee Greenwood on tour it's a conservative red white and blue company out of Beloit Wisconsin and and I, I'm proud to say that uh, and I am a Christian and I'm proud to say that as well. I suppose I'll get some uh, some nasty letters about that, but I, I really don't care. You know, I have to stand where I stand, and and like you, hey man, you know, both feet on the ground you ain't gonna scare me off. Yeah, no, I mean that, that's a you, you know you hit a couple things. A, the, you know, a big portion of this show is about making sure that people understand what's between the lines. I think for me, you know, throughout you know Russia, 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 and coming into politics as just a business guy that you know wasn't all that involved. It's like. You know, you, you actually, you, you wanted to give so many of these institutions and government the benefit of the doubt, but then you realize like, wow, you really can't. Uh, you know, they've been, so I, I look at everything through a very skeptical uh, and cynical lens at this point, and that's not because I want to, it's because you have no choice. You know, they've not proven themselves uh, to deserve uh, the benefit of the doubt anymore. And so, you know, it, it's, a, it's a scary time, but I, I think a big part of the show is, you know, trying to get people to understand that. You know, again, with me, Russia, 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 Don Jr. committed treason. I'm like, I, I did what? I, I don't even know what they're talking about, but it, it didn't stop them from doing it. And when they go after, God, you know, General Flynn, well, 
you know, you say, well, you know, it's the FBI, it's the CIA. There's got to be some truth to that. But these same people are calling, you know, concerned parents that, you know, PTA medics, domestic terrorists. So, you know, the, the bias uh, is there and we have to call that out. And I think people are starting to figure out that sort of the utopian America that we thought we lived in or many perhaps believed in probably doesn't exist. And we have to fight hard to make sure that those ideals, those values, the things that we actually you know, certainly on the conservative side, hold dear, uh, that they remain for the next generation. Yeah, and I have to bring up the point about our border. Um, with uh, the infiltration of Hamas into Israel, and they didn't even know it, there was a thousand of them had got inside the country. Uh, with our borders open, and uh, there's a recent uh, uh, entrance of many people coming across the border from that part of the country, we have no idea who they are. I, I have... We really need to take great care in this next year or so and find out how in the world we can protect ourselves from those people yeah. who came into this country legally. They've got to be terrorists. There is something going to happen. I hope the CIA and FBI are, are, are aware and their eyes are wide open because it, it is a warning. Uh, I know that we've tried to close the border and for some, I can't believe that they will not let us do that. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, no, I mean, it's almost crazy at this point. I mean, you, they know they've apprehended 250 or so, you know, known like terror watch list people. You had, you know, Iranians last week at the border. You had this, like, imagine how many got through. I mean, these are, these are not stupid people. They're reasonably well-funded by, you know, governmental entities over there. Uh, you see the protests, uh, massive protests across America, pro-Hamas. Uh, you know, anti-Semitic stuff going well, that, on and, you know, thousands and thousands of people showing up. It's like, wait a second. I mean, you're telling me that there's, you know, some of these people couldn't be sleeper cells just coming across our border. You know, it's only a matter of time. I mean, I, I, I spoke a lot last week about, you know, this is why our Second Amendment exists, contrary to the Democrat narrative. It's not about, you know, deer hunting. It's not uh, about that. You know, this is why you have an AR-15. This is why you have a 30-round mag. This is why those who want to eliminate uh, the Second Amendment and, and some of those things, uh, that's what it's for. I mean, I, I also have a hard time believing that, you know, Israeli intelligence didn't get an inkling of a very well-coordinated attack with people flying paragliders into Israel. I, you know, I, you know, I don't believe that either. So I can be cynical across the board. I'm not just going to take uh, the talking points from one side. Uh, you know, I have a hard time that there was a lapse of intelligence that big. Uh, but there's no question that these things are going on. There was a place in, I think it was, what was it, Colorado or Arkansas, where they're busting people who are openly advocating for jihad in America. And we're letting these people in. We, we welcome them in. We, un, we, we don't vet the people coming in from Afghanistan. Some of them were on terror watch lists. And we just say, welcome home. Uh, I'm sure they'll be great. You know, what, what could possibly go wrong? And you know, Israel is exactly what could go wrong. And so we better do something about it. But, you know, it, there does not seem to be uh, much political will. The Democrats certainly don't want to do it. Uh, you know, they, they seem... Uh, you know, the opposite of that. And too many Republicans are far too weak to fight for the issue. Yeah, the bipartisan thing doesn't seem to be working very well. And uh, and those who I've always believed that there's a there's an axiom you can go by no matter where what you believe or what you do, do the right thing. I, I yeah. forget. I think it was General Schwarzkopf said that do the right thing, what no matter what it is. And uh, and we are certainly not doing the right thing as far as protecting our nation. Yeah. I, all I can hope for, and I have two young sons, uh, Dalton, who just got a PhD in, in cancer research at Vanderbilt, uh, 
uh, and our younger son, Parker, who is, a, you know, is enrolled at the University of Miami and uh, getting his master's in, in engineering and producing music, that they have a chance to move forward to this next generation because we're in a free country. Problem is we just have to keep it free and we have to have security. We do not have security right now. And my heart goes out to the police. Police are really under fire in this country. Oh, yeah. And I don't get it. You know, somebody, if a guy come, breaks into your home and you can't defend yourself and you, you dial 911, who do you think is going to come? It's going to be a cop. No, I, I thank them every day when I see them because, you know, I'd say, hey, man, thanks for what you guys do because they certainly don't make it easy on you to keep us safe. Uh, and, and it's scary. And, you know, they, 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 you know, they're threatening people's livelihoods and their pensions and this and they, you know, the it's it's a scary deal. Uh, and, and yet we see on a daily basis, how that's worked out in the places like wanted to defund the police and, and all of that. So, you know, yeah, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. You, you, you mentioned the word sort of bipartisan, and that seems to be, you know, something that doesn't exist much of these days. I know that, you know, God bless the USA, many of them know it as just proud to be an American, is played at every Trump rally. So if Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders uh, started playing the song at their events, would you take issue with it? I know there's lots of liberal artists that if, you know, if the song is played up in a, in a rally at the beginning of the rally, they're sending cease and desist letters and they're going nuts and they're taking the woke talking points and trying to use that as a pulpit to, I guess, you know, in many cases, probably make themselves relevant again. You know, what, what would happen if that happened uh, w w with your songs? Well, first of all, it's not going to happen. I mean, the, <laughs> I think that, that's right. <laughs> the, the, the candidate on the Democrat side would be shot instantly. He, he would be he would be lynched and he he would lose yeah, the they, nomination in a primary, you know, ninety nine point nine 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 to zero, basically. So out. But but the, the point about music, I've always believed music is for everyone. And, and even God Bless the USA, which is more of a military anthem, and then yet a, a song for our citizens of America, yeah. you know, that is played at every immigration ceremony. When people come from another country and they wait however long, seven years to become an American, God bless them. Uh, they know more about the country than probably we do because they have to do such history research. Yeah. And they hear the national anthem, the president of the time, unfortunately, saying something. And then uh, uh, national anthem is played. They take an oath to the country, just like I did when I was with the National Endowment of the Arts Council, uh, distributing federal money for the culture, and then uh, surrender the flag of their country. So God Bless USA represents to immigrants what we are and who we are. And and if if uh, if anybody on the left was say, and I have a few Democratic friends that I that I really have supported and like because they're more moderate. Mm -hmm. uh, but if they were to say to me, can I use God Bless USA in my campaign in order to get reelected? Well, no, you can't. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, <laughs> the cancel culture has to work both ways. We got to be playing the same game you know, that, that they are. And so. Yeah, but I, I think you're right. It probably wouldn't happen because, like, that's the thing. Like, you saw it at the, you know, what was it, Democrat convention last time. They're, you know, the only thing they forgot, like, American flags. And, and that's scary, right? I mean, that, that wouldn't have happened. You know, that's not Kennedy's Democrat Party, right? That's, a, that's an no. entirely different thing. That's Rashida Tlaib's Democratic Party. That's Ilan Omar's Democrat Party, where, like, of course they don't care about Americans. They're far more concerned about, you know, again, people in far off lands who hate us. We want to make sure that we give them every opportunity to come here to bring that, to take us down, and it, it, it never seems to end. 
Yeah, you're right. And I hate it. I, I just wish we could somehow figure this out. And, and you know what brings us together, unfortunately, is an attack on our own country, uh, um, a military attack, as you saw. And we pointed out in 9-11 when we got hit, um, we were one country, uh, at least uh, on the surface. And, uh, and, and we went after the terrorists and we found them. It cost us a lot. Uh, we, we lost a lot of soldiers, but um, there's not been a terrorist attack since then. But I'm telling you, you, you bet, we better be alert because it's coming. We have too many people filtering into the, across the border, have no idea who they are. Like you said, we got 250 of them. Who knows how many got through? And it doesn't take very many to disturb a nuclear power or something, a, a, a nuclear uh, reactor that produces power for a city. It wouldn't take much to blow it up. And so it's like, you got to be ever alert, man. I was, You know what? I was a dealer in Vegas for a while. I don't know if you know that, but I dealt a Tropicana hotel for four right. years. I, I, I assume that means cards and not drugs, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's be clear, because yeah, some some leftist is going to take this. Lee Greenwood was dealing drugs. It was terrible. Was... No, 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 no. And so I'm standing at a dead table, and uh, and a pit boss comes up behind me and 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 grabs a chip, and I didn't see it, and he said. Here's the problem, he says, when you're dreaming, they're scheming. I'll never forget that because to be ever alert, and we've been suckered a couple of times in Pearl Harbor, yeah. the attack on 9-11, we didn't see any of that coming. We really have to be more alert in this next century because everybody wants to take America out. Everybody wants to get in who wants to be free. There's nobody leaving this country to be free. We are yeah. the it. We're planet we're the we're the beacon of freedom and as long as statue of liberty stands in our harbor we're still going to be that yeah no it's interesting right i i remember all, all the liberals in 16 you know if trump wins i'm leaving i'm like it's strange they're still here uh i remember sort of a funny yeah. a, a funny thing <laughs> yeah happened after after the election it was before my father was sworn in but after the election there's this you know cigar club in new york uh, i used to go to a lot and you know it, Al Sharpton was there all the time, and you know Rudy Giuliani was there. And I remember it was a couple days after the election, and you know literally Al Sharpton is here at a table with his people. I'm here uh, with some friends. Rudy Giuliani's there with some friends, and Al Sharpton walks by to go to the men's room. And I go, and he, listen, you know it's New York. Like, I don't pretend to agree with them politically, but you sort of know each other. You're like, you know, you just joke around and whatever. Right. Let's call it like your frenemies, right? Uh, so we're joking around, and I just yell across the room. I go, Al, what the hell are you doing here? And he looks at me, ah, Junior, yeah, you know I'm always here. Yada, I, gotta, I go, no, 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 man. You said you were moving to Canada. What the hell are you still doing here? It's almost like it's all bullshit. And, of course, it was, you know? So, so uh, you know, everyone in the place just, you know, I was yelling across the room. Everyone in the place goes nuts. It was pretty funny. Even he got a little chuckle out of it, uh, you know, because that's, that's the reality. But... You know, you mentioned that you're a car dealer in in Vegas. So, so talk about it. How, how do you go from being a car dealer in Vegas to you know being a country music star? What what was that first big break uh, in the business? Uh, when did it start to sink in that you could actually do that for a living and not have to deal cards at the Tropicana? Um, Sixteen years old. I left uh, Sacramento, California, as soon as I got my high school degree, and I went to work in Nevada immediately, and I was in and around the casinos for 20 years. Lake Tahoe and Reno first, and I settled in Las Vegas. Um, 
you know, entertaining along all of the, the famous people, the Rat Pack. Uh, I knew Sammy Davis quite well. Uh, Jack Jones, Juliet Prowse, the Fifth Dimension. They all were friends of mine, and they saw me many years playing for shows. I was writing music for shows. And I'm so close to the money. I'm so close to the tables and the casinos. Surely I can have some of it if I become a dealer. And uh, and it was interesting. I, I, I was good at math in school, so uh, it was an easy break-in. And I had some people that helped me get uh, a gig. And uh, and it's all about who you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did that for a while. And I just like, you know, this this is dead end. I, I, I'm not, you know, maybe if I work in long enough, 25 years, I might be able to get my own joint, you know, and and uh, get a, a, a being licensed with the state of Nevada or Atlantic City or whatever. But it just it got so bold, bore, boring. And I and I, I never gave up singing. I was doubling and tripling playing other shows, writing music for producers for other shows. And uh, when the economy hit, I was even playing just single, a uh, solo uh, in, a, in a place that was really elite in one of the casinos. But when my record hit, that's when, you know, I mean, I finally decided I've got to get out of this this trap and go to somewhere where it's more re- reality and not necessarily a bubble because Nevada has a bubble over it. Yeah. And I don't mean politically but that's crazy stuff there. But, um, yeah, I, I, when I moved to Tennessee, I mean, things just took off. And, and I'm not from the South, um, born in Los Angeles, of course, but I'm not really big city. I was raised on a farm mm-hmm. in California and my wife, Kim, and I have been married 31 years now. And she is from the same kind of area as I was actually born in Ohio, but she's a Tennessean mm-hmm. because the, when her family couldn't get work in Tennessee, they worked on the rubber plants in Ohio in Akron. And then they came back to Tennessee finally when things got well uh, here. And so I'm, I'm very comfortable in Tennessee. I love where I live. And I love what I represent, and I walk the walk, Don. I, I I talk the talk and walk the walk, just like you. Yeah. So, what what year was that that you you left Las Vegas? I'm sort of curious what what it was like back then. Uh, it was great, by the way. What, what year <laughs> I, was I that? The mob town. Uh, uh, that was kind of interesting. The time of Elvis, of course, and uh, and and uh, Howard Hughes, and yeah. all of that mystique that founded all of that. Um, but when I left in 1979, I went to, to Nashville and just um, I, I went back a few times. But instead of working some crummy little lounge or a casino back room, I ended up working the main room. Then I opened for yeah. Crystal Gale and then the Oprah Boys and then I started headlining my own shows. And it was kind of fun going back and looking at it from that different perspective, because as a struggling musician, it was week to week. And uh, and so when you go in there and you play for like two or three weeks or a month or whatever as a as a resident in a major casino, uh, it's a whole different ball game. You know, I guess the same thing would be in New York. I mean, if you're if you got plenty of money and you're living high on the hog, that's great. But if you've got your low resources, yeah. it's a whole different world. No, it, it's a lot harder. Yeah, it's very curious to see, you know, Vegas in the 70s versus, you know, Vegas in the, you know, 2010s and 20s, uh, you know, probably two very different worlds, uh, e- even in terms of the demo that they're chasing and stuff like that. It's, you know, it- it's amazing to me how, you know, so much of the Vegas revenue is no longer even from gaming. It's, you know, entertainment and this and family. Uh, I imagine in the 70s, it was not at all that. <laughs> when I first went there, they actually had um, shills uh, where someone would come and sit at a blackjack table who was hired by the casino and they have 20 checks, which would represent a dollar each one. And they would bet one at a time, just showing there was something going on. Yeah. And then um, when entertainment started to be an issue, you had 
lounges with major acts, and I played with a lot of them uh, over a 20-year period, and who would inter bring the people in. And then after a while, the casino got so uh, well off from gambling, then they reduced the size of, of orchestras and bands down to three people playing in a corner somewhere. We had a little music, you know. But when I was there in the early years, you could almost get free food in the morning, free food in the afternoon. Shows were cheap, and uh, and hotel rooms were cheap. They would give anything away to get you in the casino. And, you know, it's an old, old game, really. It's worldwide. Yeah. Every has gambling casinos. I went to Monte Carlo with my wife. I stopped in at his. And uh, and that was, I didn't like the gambling there. It was terrible. They had $25 slot machines and cigar smoke everywhere, you know. It's like a bunch of old guys around a poker table. I'm like, this is not gambling. This is, as I know it, you know. Uh, and you look at Atlantic City and now, of course, all the Indian casinos, no matter where they are across the United States, uh, they are really one run really well. I mean, it, they've done Nevada uh, like a super superstar. You know, they they have really capitalized on a way to bring people into the area and geographically put casinos around the United States. And I have to give them credit. They hire us. They, you know, entertainers. Yeah. We still work casino. Some of these great places, whether in Oklahoma or or where, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Upper New York, up there in Connecticut, some of the greatest casinos. They they look just like Vegas to me anymore. Yeah, no, they, they they definitely have, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not much of a gambler myself. It doesn't really, you know, I don't get much excitement over it. I figure every every day of my life is enough of a gamble. I don't need to add more uh, more excitement uh, to it. So, but you know, the the alternate options that they've have, it's just it is very different than you know than that historically. And it's amazing to watch sort of that evolution. So, I, I want to get back to the the USO events that you did. You know, if you've done 16 all over the world, you're talking about the Philippines, so every uh, Panama getting shot at. How did you first start getting involved as, in those events? But then more importantly, in doing so, how has it shaped your worldview? Being on the ground with those guys in those situations, did it, did it change the way you, you think about things or did it just sort of reinforce what you already believe? Yeah, the latter. I, I, you know, I, because I was so very young when I first started doing USO tours, uh, um, I had a band and we played, um, let's see, we played uh, um, 29 Palms from the Marines, Fort Ord for the Army, the Presidio for the Army, McClellan and Mayfair Air Force bases around my home in Sacramento, California. And I told you, we even went to Alaska when I was 16 years old and we couldn't play in Alaska at the blockhouse where the, the bombers were unless I had a girl in the act. Oddly enough, so I had to hire a, a Hawaiian dancer just to have a girl in the act. You know, it was like why, crazy. Is, why is uh, that? Why was that? Was that a, they, a they diversity, had, equity, and inclusion thing? Or, you know, the, the early precursor? I guess that's early equality. Uh, but we couldn't play. The agent says you have to have a girl in the band. It's so, okay, fine. So we brought one. It was meaningless, you know. But uh, but I could see, you know, when we did our USO tour several times, we had women that went with us. Miss USA would go with us. Uh, I even met Kim on a USO tour, uh, our tour in the Atlantic, uh, the North Atlantic. And I had Miss USA, Miss Delaware, Miss Tennessee uh, with us uh, on our tour for like 12 days. And we fell in love there. And and that was that was a great thing. So don't tell me the government doesn't give you anything. But I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. at least you're one of the few people that may have gotten something for your tax dollars. <laughs> but but it was fabulous. I, I mean, I, I really it didn't change my view. I had already know I already knew what the gov what the military does. I and I'd seen it so many times. We build a lot of homes for wounded warriors over the past twelve years, and seeing them get another shot at life really makes it important for me. And that's why it's so very important to have on Veterans Day this year 
if people just go to adoptavet.com, send a veteran and caregiver to the to the movies for free. They will you will love this film that we did. Uh, yeah, tell, tell us about it. What, what, what's what's the premise? Uh, you know, tell tell us about it. It's a tribute to my career over 40 years, uh, and I, I, I brought to bear 40 different singers from all genres, uh, Gavin DeGraw, Luke Bryant, uh, 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 Michael W. Smith, and the Isaacs, who sing one of my songs, uh, Jamie Johnson, the Oak Ridge Boys, Crystal Gale, the Gatlin Brothers. I mean, I, there are 40 different singers in all genres who come, and they're all highlighted singing a song I had as a career hit. I mean, I sat in the audience and watched this go down. It was unbelievable. But to send a veteran to see that there is a tribute to the veterans at the very end. And yes, I do. God bless the USA with the entire cast. I mean, you don't want to miss this one. It's uh, November 12, all motion picture theaters across America. Adoptavet.com. So I have people 50 bucks. You can send a veteran and a caregiver for free. I'm sure you know one. Oh, we, I'm sure we, we, we know a lot, and uh, I, I think that'd be great. So, you know, obviously, hey, I imagine the most memorable time with the military is watching, you know, getting shot at in Panama. But how has, how has, if at all, you know, spending that time with the military, how has it shaped your music? Uh, I, I don't think it really has. I, I uh, you know, I, I've been a tunesmith, if you will, a writer since I was like 20. You know, and and a musician since I was 10 or 11 or 12. Basically, when I step on stage, and and I've had two shows this week, uh, night for last. I was in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, at the Alabama Theater, and I'll be playing with Alabama again on December one in in Huntsville, just like I did in the early days uh, when Alabama was touring. We 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 make music, I think, that reflects the mood of the culture. Mm-hmm. And with the song with Jason Aldean that basically talks about protecting his own home in yeah. case that, that some can't, you know, and the cancel culture jumped all over that. Basically, it's just if if the song wasn't going to be a hit and it was a hit long before the video was released and suddenly some tried to make something of it. Jason Aldean is a patriot, just like the rest of us here in Nashville. Yeah. And uh, and, and we may. Listen, Don, if our if our music doesn't resonate with the people, we would not make any more of it because we wouldn't be a, a star anymore. Yeah, we, we like, that was like the Trump speech when when Trump announced, uh, you know, in in 15, you know, he's running. You know, the comments, you know, when they were trying, he talked about rapists at the border, which, of course, there's plenty. It's like a known thing, but it didn't matter. That didn't become an outrage cycle at that moment. It became an outrage cycle two or three weeks later when his message started resonating with Americans. When he climbed into polls, all of a sudden it became a big deal. Just like Jason could, and Jason's a friend also, uh, but he could put out that song. And yeah, it was a great song. It was doing great. And then someone's like, wait a minute, it's doing too good. Now we have to try to take him down. We got to try to shame you uh, into that and, and, and change things. So I guess country, the country's changed a lot since God Bless the USA came out. Uh, and it was first released. Uh, even the way we view our military leadership has changed. Are you concerned that too many of our leaders in Washington are losing sight of what it really means to be an American these days? Because I see what they're pushing and I see where the, the country is. I look at military recruitment. I'm saying these people do not, they're, they're not looking at the same thing. They're, they're, they're playing two different games and two entirely different worldviews. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I... Maybe maybe we're talking in general terms. Maybe maybe only seventy percent are looking at that. There's a few that are that are connected. Uh, we got a great senator here in Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn, who I, I love, and I think she has a great 
idea about uh, reality, because I think the people in Congress, uh, United States Congress, don't, don't talk in terms of reality. They only talk in terms of money, and they talk in, in terms of power. And uh, and I don't like that. I, I don't know how to change it. Um, it just takes, you know, every person we elect to an office, they have to just have their heart in the right place. They have to have America first. And uh, I mean, there you go. I mean, that's well, it. yeah, I, I wish that was the case. Unfortunately, I don't think they often do, because I mean, I guess. Do you ever worry about cancel culture yourself? I know that Joe Biden you know, removed you from the National Endowment for the Arts. I mean, I th my father put you on there. Uh, I imagine there's not many conservatives uh, on there. Uh, you decide where, you know, some governmental funding goes for the arts. It'd be nice to have, you know, some representation, understanding that the arts is probably, you know, skewed far, far more to the left. But what, what was your reaction to that, uh, you know, and your thoughts on that? Because I, uh, I imagine you were probably one of the few sort of, you know, outspoken... Uh, conservatives and probably one of the few outspoken patriots, you know, on on that panel. Yeah, there were two of us, and we got let go at the same time. Um, of course, through uh, uh, George Bush, and then through uh, Obama, and uh, and your dad, and uh, and then when they, when Biden fired me, I really wasn't surprised. But I'd been there for fourteen years, and it's a six-year term, so. I, that's fine. You know, I, I think I did a good job and my heart was in the right place trying to always make sure that whatever part of the budget we had to in to make sure that the culture of America is always in the forefront and and historically protected. That was uh, that was our aim. And there were, yeah, the more left on than right. Uh, but they represented different kinds of things, which uh, my field is not sculpture or museums or dance necessarily. And we had people who were all artistic. And so that's where we came together and united as a panel. It's a 14-member committee, but uh, a council. But um, I don't think we didn't discuss uh, politics much. Uh, however, the White House always had somebody sitting in on our meetings, and that bothered me. I didn't like that. We were supposed to make decisions on our own, and they would report back to the White. Now I don't know that they had anything to say about it, but they always had this like cloud of influence over over the council, and particularly. Uh, when Obama was president and when Biden was president. And I think that's why they got rid of me. I, I, I imagine so. But listen, it's, it's great that you're out there uh, still fighting. It's great that you're doing what you're doing for the veterans, that you've never lost touch of that, you know, as bleak as things may seem at times. Uh, you're, you're doing the right thing for that. So, you know, please let, let our guys know again where they can find, uh, you know, the all-star tribute uh, to Lee Greenwood uh, so that, you know, they can check it out. They can send veterans there. They can, you know, do their part in giving back a little bit. Yeah, please. It's a salute to the music um, in my 40-year career and sung. All of the music that we've had as hits sung by 40 different artists, and they all have a different impression of what the – and it thrilled the heck out of me. It is a great film edited by, uh, by folks who really know what they're doing. In motion pictures across America – on November 12th, that's Veterans Day weekend this year, 2023. And uh, you can, for $50, go to adoptavet.com, adoptavet.com, and send a veteran and his caregiver to the movies for free. That's all we ask. We'd like to fill up theaters across America with our veterans this year. They deserve it. Well, Lee, thank you very much for uh, everything that you do. Thank you for your continued support and, most importantly, the friendship. Uh, and uh, look forward to seeing you a lot in the coming uh, in the coming year uh, as we get into a, a election year because, uh, you know, God knows that patriotism needs to shine through. So thanks so much for everything that you do, man. 
Thank you. God bless. Stay healthy. All right. Thanks a lot, Lee. Well, guys, Lee, thank you very much. Thanks for all you do. Guys, make sure you're checking out our sponsors, okay? This is how we get this programming out there. This is how we make these things happen. Go check out the incredible folks at Gold Co. Let them walk you through how gold and silver and physical assets like that, precious metals, can help stabilize your portfolio. Get rid of the anxiety that we see every day. Make sure you're protecting yourself. We just want you to be prepared and owning physical inflation hedging gold and silver can help secure and stabilize your portfolio. Let the great folks at Gold Co. walk you through the process so you can secure yourselves against the insanity that we see every day. Go to donjuniorgold.com to learn more. Also, check out the great folks at Patriot Mobile where they put America first with every call. They literally take a portion of every dollar they earn and donate it back to patriotic causes, unlike woke corporate telecom that does exactly the opposite and weaponizes your dollars against you. Go to patriotmobile.com slash triggered, like the show, patriotmobile.com slash triggered for free activation. Again, you can support a company that supports the things that you believe in. If anything, we learn week by week, we have to support the Patriot economy because no one else is, guys. They've made this a war. We got to fight in it. Vote with your wallet. Support Patriot businesses. Check out Patriot Mobile by going to patriotmobile.com slash triggered for free and fast activation. Again, like, share, subscribe. Make sure you pass this on. It's very simple. Just hit that little button. It's so easy. Just do it right now. Uh, and with that, folks, thank you very much. And we will see you in a couple of days.